Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You, you heard it in the newscast. Pressure continues to build on House Speaker David Ralston here in Georgia. He, he felt the need to go to the well of the House today and defend himself. Highly unusual move, and his defense was basically he's more of a victim than the girl who says she was raped. I mean, that that was essentially his his argument, is that, that he's been put upon and he's a victim. But I, I've got to tell you here, you know, we try never to mention other radio stations in Atlanta uh, because we like you to believe we're the only ones. I mean, we're the only ones that matter. Uh, but I thought I was doing a lonely effort here on WSB in Atlanta's Evening News. I, I thought it was just me talking about the story, uh, and it's not. Uh, apparently, there are other radio show hosts in Atlanta who are talking about the story. I, I want to play for you part of David Ralston. This is his speech on the in the well of the house today. At the end of the day, regardless of how hard the wind may blow, I have to tell you that I'm the most blessed man I know. I have a job I love, serving a state I love. I have the love of a wonderful, God-fearing woman and children that I love so much and who love me. And I heard for them. Because, you know, last week they were out driving in their cars and they got to hear me called on the radio on what was once a reputable radio station as immoral by people who don't even know me. And then they heard me called a scumbag on the radio. Now... I had no idea there were other radio stations out there talking about this story. I have actually specifically insisted on no one calling David Ralston names on this radio station, uh, at least during these hours that I can control. In fact, we had a couple callers who tried to call in and wanted to call David Ralston certain names. We certainly didn't call him a scumbag, and we didn't let any other people call him a scumbag, whether he is or he isn't, because uh, we knew he would do exactly what he's doing here. So I would like to thank... Whichever other radio show host in the city is actually talking about this Ralston matter, although I would suggest that you also do what we do and not call him names because it just gives him something to make himself a, a victim. My only guess is that uh, it, it's K-Love that is doing it, except they're not yet K-Love, and it's one reason they're becoming K-Love. Um, maybe, maybe it was somebody over there who did it and talked about him because we never called him a scumbag here. Of course, the buzz around the Capitol today, I was getting text messages from people saying, oh, 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 did you or, you know, it's, it's yeah, Charlie is saying he could just be making it up. Uh, the, the thing here, though, is you've got the Speaker of the House of Representatives in the well of the House calling himself a victim, that people are being not nice to him on radio. What about the 14 year old who says she was raped? What about her? I mean, David Ralston today would have you believe he's a bigger victim than her because somebody said something not nice about him on some radio station somewhere. What about the woman who says she was was hit uh, and bitten by a man and that he had done this in the past and uh, he says that he gave David Ralston $20,000 and he's worth every penny? Assault and battery for head-butting a female and biting her in 2014, delayed four years. Delayed six years, rape, statutory rape, two counts of child molestation, three counts of child molestation, simple assault. It happened in 2012. It's been ongoing. Or vehicular homicide, delayed eight years. Or electronically furnishing obscene material to minors and enticing a child for indecent purposes, delayed eight years, now, or delayed ten years, rather. Now, Ralston says he's done nothing wrong, but he's going to put together a committee. This group will consist of legislators, judges, prosecutors, victim advocates, other members of the legal community, and laypeople. But let me tell you who need not apply, and that's those who make their living screaming into a radio microphone. 
So you know what this committee's going to do? I, I, I wouldn't even need to serve on the committee if he's talking about me. All you got to do is change the law back to what it was. So Ralston is going to put together this committee of all of these people to make proposals to change the law that he changed in 2006. This is not a defense. This is an admission that he did something wrong. I mean, Ralston, the, the Speaker of the House, follow his logic here. Follow his logic here. He's a victim, not the rape victim. She's not a victim. He's a victim. And he did nothing wrong. He did nothing unethical. He did he did not break the law. So he's going to form a committee to change the law that he says he didn't break, wasn't unethical, and he did nothing wrong. Why change the law? This is like a dieter having to padlock the refrigerator at night because the door's open. We got to change this law because I might just use it. <laughs> We got to padlock the fridge. I might just open the door. <laughs> this is his defense. This is this is the defense of the Speaker of the House of Representatives of Georgia, that, that he's the real victim here. Pay no attention to the 14-year-old who was raped. And I, I didn't break the law, but I'm going to change the law so that I can't do what I've been doing. <laughs> Does he have no self-control? Just don't use the law. It's not hard. My goodness, and, and and to think there are some people who buy this. Uh, so, so some of his some folks who know better uh, don't want to don't want Kevin Tanner being one of them in the state house. Says he's not going to sign the resolution to get rid of Ralston. Uh, fully supports David Ralston. Not going to sign it. Uh, my goodness gracious! Wow, the Democrats are going to eat their lunch in 2020. Now I I, I got to play this clip again. Just just listen to this again. This is the committee that Ralston wants to form. This group will consist of legislators judges, prosecutors, victim advocates, other members of the legal community, and lay people. But let me tell you who need not apply, and that's those who make their living screaming into a radio microphone. <laughs> so, in other words, Sean Hannity's not eligible, but I guess I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, why do we need a committee? When you just need to change the law or how about just not take advantage of the law again? I mean, you go back to 2013, Ralston had used this law more than a hundred times, more than a hundred times from 2006 to 2013. And he's used it even more since then. And now he's saying he did nothing wrong. If the speaker had done nothing wrong, why does the law need to be changed? Just does, does anybody have a logical explanation for this? The speaker says he did nothing wrong, he did nothing illegal, he did nothing unethical. If that's the case, why does the law have to be changed? He didn't answer that on the floor of the state house today. He just decided instead he wanted everyone to know he's a victim. He's he's the one put upon here. Now, I, I want you to know that uh, Kevin Tanner has come out and said he will not be sponsoring the resolution. He, he's a, a state house representative here in Georgia. Uh, he's not going to be sponsoring it. Uh, Karen Mathiak from down in Griffin, she actually has taken her name off of it. Uh, so the sponsors of the resolution as it stands right now are Colton Moore, Matt Gertler, Kevin Cook, Michael Caldwell, Scott Turner, Sherry Gilligan, David Stover, David Clark is the chief sponsor, Ken Pullen, and Jeff Jones. Uh, if you want your state representative to sponsor this, uh, you need to start emailing him as well. And I've set up my system now so you can email in addition to tweet and call your state representative. So if you haven't emailed and you haven't tweeted, you can do that. Uh, you can text the word speaker to 345-345 to get the the link and when you click the link you just put in your contact information and it will auto generate an email and a tweet and and let you call so you don't have to i've already i've typed a series of letters there saying what you want to say about the speaker needs to go his speech was just him declared himself a victim which was unacceptable and state representatives need to sponsor this. Uh, and so it will connect you into the system, let you put in your information and send out letters and tweets under your name. So don't wreck your car. Don't do it while you're driving. Uh, but make it easy for you to contact your state representatives. We try to keep you engaged in the democratic process. Now, one of the things you need to note here is that the speaker multiple times referenced these talk show hosts who were talking bad about him. I assume he's talking about me, although I've never called him a scumbag. I've said other things, but not on air. Um, he doesn't reference people. In fact, we know from multiple sources 
who were in the caucus meeting last week, the speaker said to ignore those calls, that they weren't really constituents calling. Now, we've got our system set up so you can only contact your state representative. You can't go out and contact every other state representative. You put in your specific home address and it gets you your state representative. So the person you're talking to, you really are a constituent. You really can vote against the person if they don't do what they say. But, oh, my goodness gracious, um, it's just it, it's it's very, very, very interesting to tell hear the speaker say it's a radio show host. It's not actually constituents calling. I can assure you I'm not calling thousands of times a day to the state legislature. Those are actual constituents calling. And the only way that you can have an impact in this is to make sure your state representative hears your voice. And the only way for them to hear your voice is is for you to keep calling and emailing and tweeting them so that they understand there's a problem here. You've got to make them fear you more than they fear the speaker. Now, a lot of people are saying, why are the Democrats being quiet here? I, you know, I actually have good relationships with a number of the Democrats. Some of them I have uh, worked with in the past in various projects, and I've had these frank conversations with them. I will tell you why the Democrats are keeping very, very mum when we come back. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when Jonathan Last from then the Weekly Standard, now he's over at the Bulwark, good friend of mine, uh, recommended Calm for my kids. I thought he was nuts. It just sounds like a bunch of hooey. Um, but my kids were listening to sound machines at night and thought, you know what? Let's try this. Uh, so I got a Calm app, and now I'm a premium member for Calm. Uh, it is in my house every night with my kids. In fact, we have one of those internet things that blocks out the internet after 10 p.m. on their devices and I had to figure out how to open a gateway just for Calm because the kids love it so much. So what is Calm? Well, it's the number one app to help you reduce anxiety and stress and to help you sleep better, and that's why my kids use it. Over 40 million people around the world have downloaded Calm. I am one of them. My kids both use Calm. If you head to calm.com slash Eric, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription. It it includes guided meditations on issues like anxiety, stress, and focus. It includes brand new meditations every day. There are sleep stories. There are bedtime stories for adults designed to help you relax. You can head off to the magical lavender fields of southern France with Stephen Fry or explore the moodlit jungles of Africa with Leona Lewis. They even have soothing music and more. One of my kids likes to listen to the stories. The other one likes to listen to music. Right now, listeners to my show get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Eric. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash Ericsson. I'm sorry, calm.com slash Eric. Don't use Ericsson, just use Eric. Get Calm and stop stressing at calm.com slash Eric today. It is Eric Erickson here on WSB, and guess what? Guess what? This is actually, this is this is great news. I don't have to have the radar app open today, because it's nice out. It's going to be, I got to be in Washington for uh, tomorrow. I got to fly up. Fly, I'll do the show up there and come home. Um, but my goodness gracious, it's going to be cold up there. It's nice here, though. Let's go to the phones. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Daniel in Walton County, you're up next. Welcome. <laughs> Hey, E-Square, how are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? Uh, great. Listen, uh, I, I have been following you. Uh, we've uh, Facebooked and sent emails back and forth, um, and I wanted to ask you, I was listening to your, the speech earlier when you pulled the audio of David Ralston saying that he is a victim. Uh, my uh, two parts to the question, how does he think that he is a victim here, and uh, how does he think he's a, above the law Um with that, I mean, how does he think he he's untouchable? Oh, David Ralston wants you to believe that uh, the media and myself are taking out of context and distorting what he did. Uh, he is he's been telling people he did nothing wrong, and so when I come on radio and tell you he did do something wrong, he says that uh, we're we're attacking him and he's a victim. Uh, that that's that's true. My second part of. Uh, a question asking you here is, uh, I know you uh, listed off a group of people who are signed on to the bill, including David Clark, who is the senior sponsor. Um, and I've actually called out every state representative I'm friends with on Facebook saying that they need to support that resolution. But just because they're not signed on as a co-sponsor, do you think that they're not going to 
vote for it. And I'll uh, hang up here and listen, though. Thanks, All Eric. right. Yeah, Daniel, thanks very much. No, they're, they're not going to support it uh, if they're not on there. See, th- this is a resolution that actually doesn't go anywhere. Uh, it's a resolution where if you have a majority support of the resolution uh, with sponsorships, then it's a signal to Ralston he has to leave or he's going to lose the vote. Um, and so they've got to build names. Now, what we're trying to do uh, is we're trying to build the momentum and get more people signed on to the legislation. That's one reason you've got to call your state representative and tell them to sign. Uh, Ed Setzler, a good guy, good conservative, was going to be one of the early sponsors of the legislation, and and he decided not to sponsor it. And I've talked to several colleagues who said that they wound up not sponsoring it because he didn't sponsor it. Uh, And so there are other people like that as well. So you get Setzler to to sponsor it, you'll get a few others. And there are some others in there who just need to be seen on that resolution to build the momentum. Uh, maybe the victims are going to have to come down to the state capitol and do a press conference to convince these guys that Ralston's not the victim, they're the victims. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The full number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. A lot of people are asking me why the Democrats aren't getting involved. Why are they quiet on this issue in the state house? Uh, I have had conversations with a number of them, some of them very senior Democrats in the state house. And... Let me break it down for you in the the various ways. They all ultimately come to the same conclusion. Uh, First and foremost, all of them agree it is a Republican problem, that the Republicans are the majority, the Republicans pick the speaker, the Republicans have known all along about David Ralston and the various problems with Ralston, and they have stood by him. So uh, the Democrats do not want to stick their necks out uh, and get involved in a situation that is entirely of the Republicans' making. And that actually is a very fair point. They are right on that. The second issue is that um, they have relationships with David Ralston. He has worked to build relationships with the Democrats. He and Bob Trammell, the Democratic leader, get along very well in the same way he and Stacey Abrams had a very cordial relationship. One of the reasons Stacey Abrams is not coming out about David Ralston is because of that past relationship. Uh, He has, as one of them said, kept the conservatives at bay. That was the, the language used. And what they mean by that is that David Ralston has largely blocked social conservatives from being able to advance any level of conservative agenda. Uh, Ed Zessler, for example, uh, is one of the most pro-life members of the state house, and David Ralston has repeatedly blocked his pro-life legislation and uh, because he believes he's protecting the Republicans from themselves, and also he tries to have relationships with the Democrats, and the Democrats don't like pro-life legislation, so the Speaker helps them kill it. Same with RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, David Ralston has done that. There is a real concern by Democrats that if David Ralston is replaced, he will be replaced by someone more conservative. There is also a serious worry that if Ralston's replaced, he could be replaced by a woman. They don't like that. Uh, the optics are bad for the Democrats. Uh, hard to run against the, these white old male Republicans when you got a conservative female speaker. So They've got ties to David Ralston. They're friends with David Ralston. They think this is a Republican problem caused by Republicans, and Republicans need to take care of it themselves. But they also, again, they believe that David Ralston keeps the conservatives at bay, that David Ralston uh, protects them from some of the excesses of the conservative wing of the Republican Party. And then, of course, there is the last issue that a couple of them, not all of them, but a couple of them and and some of the more prominent ones have been very open about this, that they don't believe the Republicans will change. They are mindful that they only need to pick up uh, less than two dozen seats, need about 15 seats. And they have that many seats in play of Republicans who only won by less than 55 percent of the vote. And they believe that if this continues to fester, and David Ralston stays as speaker, they will be able to use this in November of 2020. It is, one of them said, one reason why Stacey Abrams is holding her fire on this issue. She does like the speaker. She and the speaker have had a close working relationship, but this is also politics. And next year, if the speaker is there, he will totally understand when the Democrats turn this into a campaign issue about the Republicans uh, not minding the shop. It is an issue of good governance. 
And the Democrats' play in Georgia is not a play of being progressive. The Democrats' play to take the Georgia suburbs is about good governance. They were able to pick up seats in the suburbs in Georgia, and they were able to beat Brian Kemp in the suburbs in Georgia, not by being progressives, but by not being Donald Trump. And the way that translates in suburban polling among women and independents is good governance. Donald Trump is not perceived as a good, uh, good governing type. He's not perceived as someone who can steer the ship of state well. And Brian Kemp's association with Donald Trump uh, was conveyed as someone who, like Donald Trump, would have trouble steering the ship of state. It was a matter of good governance, and they they hammered in those issues in the suburbs. And they think they'll be able to do that in November of 2020. David Rawson will be there. He'll be the Speaker of the House. He's a man who has allowed um, cases to go on for long. He's used his power to do that. Now he's essentially admitting he did it. I mean, well, why do you go to the well of the floor and say, I'm going to change the law that I've been using uh, because I've been using it, but I haven't abused it? It sounds like that's abuse. There will be ads with these victims. You mark my words. The victims will appear in ads for Democrats in 2020. The Republicans who are the most endangered in the House of Representatives will pay a price. Ed Setzler, Sharon Cooper, Don Parsons, Chuck Martin, Deborah Silcox, Bonnie Rich, Chuff Gestration, Dale Rutledge, Houston Gaines, Marcus Weidauer, Mike Jokas, uh, Heath Clark, Gerald Green, Ron Stevens. They're the Republicans who are going to lose, and their loss will be the ones to hand it to the Democrats. Interestingly enough, none of their names appear on the resolution to oust the Speaker which tells you the Republicans aren't thinking very clearly about this, just in terms of the politics of it for 2020. Uh, They're standing by their man. Many of these are the more moderate Republicans as well in the suburbs, and they think they got to protect the Speaker. And it's an interesting deal there because the Speaker is going to hurt them in 2020. He's going to hurt David Perdue and, and Donald Trump as well because the Democrats are going to use this issue that Republicans have been empowering a man who delayed cases uh, involving rape and assault on women and other th- situations like that, they're going to use this. And they're going to use it against these suburban Republicans who aren't taking the moral high ground and saying, this is wrong, the Speaker needs to go. They're going to use it against them. So these people who are protecting Ralston in their protecting Ralston are going to hurt themselves next year. And, you know, the sad thing is that many of them know it. Believe it or not, many of these people do know that they're hurting themselves, but they think that if they do otherwise right now, they'll also be hurting themselves because the Speaker's so powerful. He could punish them, take them off of committees, and then what will they say to their constituents when the constituents have gotten nothing? And they'll say, well, I'm sorry, I took the moral high ground. Don't punish me for taking the moral high ground. And they're afraid that their constituents will punish them. It's actual real contempt for their constituents. So that's why the Democrats are doing nothing. They think the Speaker keeps the conservatives at bay, they're friends with him, and they'll use it next year against him. It'll give them a tool to take the House of Representatives from the Republicans. By the way, does anybody know Mandy Ballinger? Mandy Balliger, Mandy Balliger, she's, she's one of the state representatives. Uh, I've got about a dozen emails from people who are her constituents who say they have called and she will not call them back on this David Ralston issue. Uh, The latest comes from a constituent named Debbie uh, who says that, uh, can you mention this on air and maybe she will hear you? Uh, Mandy won't call me back. I've called two times, the latest this morning. Uh, So if someone's in the State House of Representatives, would you please tell Mandy that her constituents are calling. I got about a dozen of them here. I've got their names. I can get her their phone numbers if she wants them. Uh, But they say they've been calling her office and leaving their phone number and asking her to call them back, and she won't call them back on this Ralston issue. That's kind of a shame. Constituent service, those are the sorts of things that jeopardize you even in a safe seat. Uh, this is this is an issue that's not going away, and I do believe, my understanding is, that there is going to be a press conference with the victims later this week uh, who are very outraged at David Ralston taking the position that he himself is a victim. Now, we have to move on. Believe it or not, there is other stuff outside of Georgia politics. The president is headed to Vietnam for a meeting, and the Democrats have lost their mind. But I want to meditate with you, Will, if you will, for a few minutes on what Trump derangement syndrome is doing to people. And I, I don't mean that uh, pejoratively or, or anything like that. There are just several clips from the media this weekend of people who have lost their minds and they've lost their minds solely because of the president. And it's just horrific to listen to the way these people are now thinking. 
It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Keep the heat on the state legislature, even though we move on uh, to other topics here. I, I think it is very important. And by the way, I don't want to turn this into the anti-David Ralston show. There's lots of other news out there. Um, but he went to the floor of the well today, and, and we needed to comment on it. And it, it's... I. It fires people up listening to this program. It really does. Uh, people get this story. Uh, all I can tell you, just just final thought on this. What if it was your child who had been raped at 14 and was waiting five years later, going to a therapist, waiting for her day in court to deal with this issue? What, what if it was your child, knowing that at some point she would have to face the person she says raped her. What, what if it was your child? And to know that the, the the criminal defendant's lawyer was the Speaker of the House of Representatives who had changed the law and was now using that law as a business model to delay cases indefinitely, including your case, so that you could never have closure. What if it was your child? And then to have the Speaker of the House today on the floor of the House say that he's the victim here, but he's done nothing wrong. But he's going to change the law, even though he did nothing wrong. But he's going to actually, he's going to create a committee of people to consider what they should do about this. How would you feel if that was your child? How would you feel if it was your sister? How would you feel if it was your wife? How would you feel about this? I mean, this goes beyond thought. It, it, it gets to emotion. A child has been abused, she says. She says it was a preacher who did it. And five years later, she knows one day, she hopes one day, she dreads one day that the accused will have the right to face her as his accuser. She knows it's going to come, but when? Every time it comes up. The defendant's lawyer says, ah, I can't do it. We got to keep, we got to keep waiting. 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 Five years later, still waiting, waiting for her day in court, waiting for her day of closure. And he says he's done nothing wrong, the speaker. He says he's done nothing wrong. In that case or any of the other cases, he's used this provision in the law hundreds of times since 2006, it is his reputation up there to drag out these cases. He's had a client file a bar complaint against him for dragging out cases. It doesn't sound like he's capable of being an effective legislator and an effective lawyer. And by the way, if the justice system in North Georgia is so screwed up that these cases take forever because of lack of manpower, or lack of judges, or lack of whatever... He's doing a pretty bad job of being a representative up there as well. I mean, if, if these are problems because of the area he lives in, well, he's, for God's sakes, the Speaker of the House, he should be able to fix them, and he can't. But what if it was your child? Just think about that. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. If you want to tell your state representative David Ross needs to go, that his speech today was not enough, that he still needs to go, text speaker to 345-345. When we come back, Michael Steele, former chairman of the RNC, was on MSNBC this weekend. And all I can think is people are just losing their mind in this age. And also the environmentalist religion uh, has lost all connection with reality. It's the second hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Good evening. Welcome. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The Supreme Court has ruled that federal courts cannot count the votes of judges who died before the decision was issued. Believe it or not, that was a thing. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals released a decision um, uh, that included the vote of Judge Reinhardt, who was the author of the opinion. Judge Reinhardt died weeks before the opinion was released, and they still released it with his name. Uh, it would have been a tied vote, but for his vote. And uh, 
but the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said they had already made the decision and had written it. They just held writing it. Well, the Supreme Court today said, this is a direct quote from the Supreme Court unanimous decision, quote, federal judges are appointed for life, not for eternity. Uh, that up until the moment a decision is released, a judge can change his mind. Therefore, you can't use dead judges. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I can't believe this was even considered a thing, but it was. So in any of it, uh, we got to move on to other issues. Uh, there are those on the phone lines who want to talk about Rawson. I will come back to it. I promise I'll take your phone calls. You're just going to have to be patient with me because there is a lot of other stuff out there. I, I don't want to hijack everybody's attention. There are some people who don't care about the issue, I'm sure, or are tired of it. And, and we got to we gotta go across the board and talk about all the issues. And this is one. I want to play you audio from Michael Steele. Michael Steele is the former chairman of the Republican National Committee. And I want to play audio from him and then play audio from Harry Reid, the former Senate leader. And just listen to Trump derangement syndrome. And, and what I mean by that is people who, they're, they're fundamentally broken by the politics of the day, believing the worst about others. Now, Michael Steele here is talking about the terrorist who was in the Coast Guard who was caught. The president apparently has not publicly said anything to law enforcement about it. Why, why are we acting like um, this is a space that Donald Trump is going to go in on behalf of the American ideal? No, he's not. Um, and these are his people. All right. And wait, wait, he's wait, not going to Wait, 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 wait. This is Michael Steele, the former chairman of the RNC, saying that white supremacists are Donald Trump's people. Enforcement because he's probably not happy about what law enforcement did. <laughs> this is. This is the former chairman of the RNC who is positing that President Trump is upset that law enforcement stopped a white supremacist from committing a terrorist attack. That, that's where Michael Steele is right now. He presumes that the president is upset with law enforcement because they stopped a terrorist from committing a terrorist attack. Now, here's Harry Reid. Is there anything I think that President Trump is doing right? I just have trouble accepting him as a person and... Uh, so, frankly, I don't see anything he's doing right. He has trouble accepting him as a person. They're both victims of this Trump derangement. And by the way, it goes both ways. I know a lot of evangelicals out there who have bought into Donald Trump to the extent that he can do no wrong, even when he does wrong. they got to defend him to the hilt. Uh, Jerry Falwell, uh, Robert Jeffries out in, out in Dallas. Uh, remember, they were defending Planned Parenthood after, after Donald Trump said, yeah, Planned Parenthood does some good. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, the president's right. But it's profoundly disturbing to me that because you hate Donald Trump so much, you're not willing to give him credit for good. Or you hate Donald Trump so much, you impute to him the worst possible motive in every situation. That really is disturbing. And you, if you start with Donald Trump, it then becomes very, very easy to apply it to his supporters, that they too must be white supremacist terrorist apologizers who hate law enforcement for stopping terrorism. And when you do that, then it becomes very easy to become Jesse Smollett and fake a hate crime to highlight how terrible these people are and try to make yourself the victim. It doesn't take a lot to get from point A to point B to point C in this. It's, it's you're letting your hatred of someone shape your worldview. Donald Trump is in control of Michael Steele. Donald Trump is in control of Harry Reid. It is Donald Trump's existence makes them mad. And you can hear that in their voices. The profound disappointment they have that Donald Trump is president. I didn't think he was going to get elected either. And when he did, I said on this very program, you know what? If I got this wrong, maybe there's other stuff I got wrong. Maybe I should reconsider. And what it did for them was they doubled down on, on he shouldn't be. He's illegitimate somehow. It, it, it's wrong. Maybe the Russians did it. And the people who supported him are bad. And they descended to places in their psyche that none of us should ever go. And when you get there, you should go get a therapist to help you get out of them. 
It's really terrible that the former chairman of the Republican National Committee believes that Donald Trump was upset with law enforcement for stopping a terrorist attack. That actually says more about Michael Steele than it does the president. Uh, you, you know, this goes beyond, though, Trump derangement, to, to environmentalism and whatnot. Uh, Fareed Zakaria is a CNN commentator. He's definitely of the left. He's got a show on CNN. And he is under withering fire from the left. I want to play you, and it's about a two-minute clip. And I want to play you the whole two minutes here because you need to hear why the left is angry with Fareed Zakaria. And you'll actually probably scratch your head wondering why. It's refreshing to see the Democratic Party bubbling with new ideas. But its new thinking seems starkly different from the party's reform efforts of the past three decades. The wonky proposals of the Clinton-Obama era were pragmatic and incremental, and they mixed market incentives with government action. Today, we have big, dramatic, stirring ideas, and that could be the problem. In their zeal to match the sweeping rhetoric of right-wing populism, Democrats are spinning out dramatic proposals indeed, but in which facts are sometimes misrepresented, the numbers occasionally don't add up, an emotional appeal tends to trump actual policy analysis. When Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was confronted recently by Anderson Cooper on 60 Minutes about an egregious misstatement about Pentagon spending, she responded, I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. Perhaps this casual attitude towards facts explains the way that she and many others on the left have misrepresented the deal that New York offered Amazon to bring a new headquarters there. If we're willing to give away $3 billion for this deal, we could invest those $3 billion in our district ourselves if we wanted to. We could hire out more teachers. We can fix our subways. We can put a lot of people to work for that money if we wanted to. But as Mayor Bill de Blasio explained, this was a deal that was going to bring $27 billion in revenue to the state and city for things like public education, mass transit, affordable housing. And that $3 billion would go back in tax incentives was only after we were getting the jobs and getting the There's not $3 billion in money money, that exists anywhere, correct? Exactly. Or consider the race by prominent Democrats to embrace Medicare for all. A variety of expert studies have estimated that the total increased government spending would be between two and a half and three trillion dollars a year. Few of the many proposals being floated would likely raise anything close to that in revenue. And if a Herculean effort were made to raise revenue for Medicare for all, there would be few easy avenues left to fund any of the other ambitious proposals on the new Democratic wish list. That's Fareed Zakaria from CNN. And nothing he said is wrong there. He's right. If they did Medicare for all, there would be no money left to do anything. The Green New Deal would bankrupt the country. The way the Amazon deal was was funded in New York was fundamentally misrepresented by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who also fundamentally misrepresented defense spending. The left is out to get Fareed Zakaria today for just pointing out simple truths. But this is what they do over and over and over and over. They have no tolerance for honesty in conversation. That you, you've got to adhere to their ideology. There's a, a, a cl- meteorologist, climatologist out there today saying that uh, if we don't implement the Green New Deal, uh, the Earth is going to be a lifeless husk. And not only is it going to be a lifeless husk, but uh, we shouldn't worry about the cost because we're going to take the un- un- money from the unearned wealth of billionaires. Unearned wealth is what he said. This is all religious fundamentalism without the gospel. And it leads to bad things. I mean, for example, the, the whole idea of the Green New Deal is we got to do something because the world is going to end. We're all going to die unless we do something. But even the, the, the repentant can't be saved unless the other sinners are forced to repent or wiped out. This is a a secular religion that leads to bad things. It leads ultimately to things like genocide. And and don't think I'm, I'm making this up. Look, time and time and time again, when you have an ideology that centers around, we're all going to die unless the people who aren't as enlightened as us change their ways, it leads to very bad things for the people who they decide are unenlightened. 
And that's where the left is headed. You should be concerned about it. I am delighted to welcome Harry's to sponsor this podcast. You know, Harry sponsors my radio show, too, and I've been a longtime customer of Harry's. Uh, started with uh, one of their competitors and decided I liked Harry's better. I liked their weighted handle. I liked the quality and construction of their blade. I felt like I was getting a real shave. And frankly, as somebody who tries not to shave every day just because of razor burn, I liked that I could go a couple of days. Harry's gave me such a close shave and didn't have to worry about it. And you don't have to worry about it either. Either. Harry's replacement cartridges are just $2 each, and they bought a, a factory in Germany to turn out their razors. They make such good razors. They are cheaper than the name brands that you know, like the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. In fact, their razors blades are half the price. So look, right now, Harry's is giving you a great trial. If you go to harrys.com slash Eric. Get a $13 value trial set when it comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. You get a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade. You get rich, lathering shave gel. You get travel blade cover. Listeners on my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash Eric. But make sure you go to harrys.com slash Eric to redeem your offer. And you know what? Let them know I sent you. Help support the show and get yourself a great shave. Phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, listen, this is important. If you have called your state representative, now that the speaker's gone to the well of the floor and called himself the victim and said it's those those mean old radio show hosts who are to blame, uh, call your state rep back, say that's not good enough. We've heard from the speaker and now it's time to oust him. Uh, but you need to keep calling it. And here's the thing I, I think, uh, let me just do a, a quick workshop in grassroots activism. Uh, legislators do not want to talk to you in most cases. They, they, they don't, con- they don't really want to engage with their constituents on a regular basis. They just hope you'll they show up at election time and you'll vote for them. And you've got to engage with your state representative and, and push them on issues. They, they don't want to take stands. Legislators don't want to take stands because they presume that if they take a stand, there's going to be someone who doesn't like that stand and therefore a lost vote. So you have to push them on these issues. you got to push them to take a stand against David Ralston, and, and that means you got to call them repeatedly. So if you've already got the text information from me to call them, um, just just tomorrow, pick up the phone and use again. If you need the information, to, and now I've got it set up so you can send an email and tweet as well, text speaker to 345-345, and I will provide you the information. All you do on the form is very easy. You put in your information and click uh, email, and then after you go through email, if you have a Twitter account, you can tweet, and then after tweet, you click the phone button, and you can call your state representative. The issue, though, is you got to call them. you, you got to call. So, uh, they pay attention when you call. They try to avoid you. Mandy Ballinger, I guess, is a state representative. Uh, about a dozen constituents telling me she's avoiding them like the plague. So you got to be persistent. you gotta, you got to keep calling. Now, when we come back, we've got more news of the day. The president is going to Vietnam to have discussions with the Vietnamese. Where is the Mueller report, people are wondering. And how much is all of this Green New Deal stuff going to cost? Wait until you hear the audio from Kamala Harris out there on this. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I want to read you this report from the United Nations that has come out about global warming. A senior UN environmental official, this according to the Associated Press, Peter James Spielman, writes, a senior UN environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed. Coastal flooding and crop failures would create an exodus of eco-refugees threatening political chaos, says Noel Brown, director of the New York office of the UN's environmental program, or UNEP. He said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. As the warming melts polar ice caps, ocean levels will rise up by up to three feet enough to cover the Maldives and other flat island nations, Brown told the Associated Press in an interview on Wednesday. The story is dated June 29, 1989. 
In fact, let me read you the first paragraph again because I left out uh, four words. A senior UN environmental official said entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. They came out in the year 2000 and said, if we don't reverse it by 2010, it's game over. In 2010, they said by 2020, and now they're saying by 2040. They're buying themselves an extra 20 years there with the, the latest projections. Well, uh, here is David Wallace Wells. I believe he's an environmentalist. And just listen to what he says we need to do. You're right that this was one way that Climate change was conceived for a very long time. That saving ourselves from real devastating impacts would be very expensive. It would mean foregoing economic growth. And that while climate change promised humanitarian costs, that if you added up the dollars and cents, it, the total really wasn't that much. But all of the new economic research the last few years really reverses that logic. There was a major study last year that said that the world would add $26 trillion to the global economy just by 2030 through rapid decarbonization. That's an incredibly fast payoff, really, when you think about it. And if we could avoid those $600 trillion of impacts at the end of the century, obviously we'd want to. Well, there are other solutions to it. For instance, lab-grown meat has no carbon footprint. And there's, there have been some small trials that show that if you feed cattle seaweed, it reduces their methane emissions by as much as 95 or even 99%, which means that if we fed our beef cattle seaweed, we could completely eliminate the, pro the carbon problem of eating beef. It makes it sound so easy. Doesn't he? David Wallace Wells is a New York Magazine editor. Uh, he has written a book called The Uninhabitable Earth. Uh, and he, he says essentially he wants to paint the direst war warnings out there to, to explain to people how terrible things are going to be. But listen to his, his, his promises that if you just feed cows seaweed, you can wipe out 99% of their methane emissions. Well, yeah, because you're probably going to starve the cow to death. But also lab-grown meat, he says, has no carbon footprint. Really? Lab-grown meat has no carbon footprint? Uh, here's an article from the Independent in the UK from six days ago. Headline, lab-grown meat could cause more environmental damage than real thing. Scientists warn. That's right. Scientists are saying this. Here's a headline from First Post. Uh, technology column here, uh, Tech 2 staff, a uh, study published in Frontiers and Sustainable Food Systems concludes that only in the most optimistic of scenarios will artificial lab-grown meat be less polluting than cattle rearing. It also makes some glaring assumptions that the authors admit make the research more speculative than actual. One, that lab-grown meat will continue to be made using the same technology and energy needs that it does today. And second, that the fancy of lab meat will last another thousand years. Right. In other words, what he's saying isn't true. He's saying this so that people might actually buy into it. But none of it is true. Study after study after study after study has shown the huge cost and negative economic impact of this green, um, it, it is a green new deal, if for lack of a better term. You know what I'm talking about? Those policies, they've been around for a long time. They just haven't been packaged together as something new. Uh, but these policies have been around for a long time. And study after study after study has shown they would have negative economic consequences. And by the way, you're not going to get people to eat lab-grown meat. And even if you did, the carbon emissions would be worse. Now, why? Because cows produce methane, and methane lingers in the air for about 12 years. Lab-grown meat has carbon emissions, not methane emissions, carbon dioxide in the production processes, and carbon dioxide lasts in the atmosphere way longer than methane the industrial production to bring it up to the scale necessary to match the output of actual cows would be economically and environmentally devastating, but you wouldn't know that from the so-called environmental expert. Now, Kamala Harris, she was asked about all this and how to pay for the Green New Deal, which some estimates will cost $100 trillion. We, there's no question we have to be practical, but being practical also recognizes that climate change is an existential threat. 
to us as human beings. Being practical recognizes that greenhouse gas emissions are threatening our, our, our air and it, it threatening the planet and that it is well within our capacity as human beings to change our behaviors in a way that we can reduce its effects. That's practical. Can we afford it? Of course we can afford it. Two and a half, three trillion dollars a year for Medicare for all by some studies. I don't, depending on which portions of the Green New Deal you pick to do first, that's money. Uh, that you know what the Republicans are going to say, tax and spend liberals, pie in the sky. One of the things that I admire and respect is the measurement that is captured in three letters, ROI. Mm -hmm. What's the return on the investment? People in the private sector understand this really well. It's not about a cost, it's about an investment. And then the question should be, is it worth the cost in terms of the investment potential. Are we going to get back more than we put in? Uh, no, we're not. And more and more studies show that. But the left wants to go down this rabbit hole. Same, same with Medicare for All. I played the Zach, uh, Fareed Zakaria clip earlier. It would bust the budget. You would have no money left in the federal budget to pay for anything, including education, defense, you name it. You, you wouldn't have any money left in the budget if you did Medicare for All. But the left wants to go in that direction. It would be economically devastating, but they don't care. And that's part of the problem. Y'all, I love this song. <laughs> it's called 8-Bit. I really like this. Uh, just, it came out recently. I, I have more from David Ralston on the floor of the house. Uh, earlier today, a quite quite impressive audio uh, from David Ralston speaking before the House. I got this strange compelling urge to tell you something, but don't listen. Oh, the wool I pull over everybody's eyes is 80% polyester. Did you know that? Give me a hand and I'll stick it in your pocket. You know that? I lie so much I even lie to my diary. You know that? I underpay you and when I do, I sure change you. Did you know that? Oh, but what I don't know is why I'm telling you all this. Oh, oh, oh. Stop the car. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, don't forget to text speaker to 345-345. Uh, coming up this week, I am actually headed to Washington, D.C., and I will be conducting interviews with members of Congress, and we'll be bringing you that audio here as well as video of the interviews at theresurgent.com. Should be a great week. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a sit-down interview with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I don't know that I can handle all that anyway. My goodness gracious. Um, the thing she says, did you hear protesters were arrested on Capitol Hill today uh, demanding the Green New Deal? And, and you had Diane Feinstein on Friday telling little kids um, she'll listen to their parents, but they're too young to vote and don't know what they're talking about. I thought it was very refreshing. Why do parents turn their kids into political activists like that? No idea.